everybody. Um, I want to ask if you'll just pray with me again. If everybody will close their eyes and just turn your eyes to Jesus and pray this, this with me. Lord Jesus, I want you to speak, with, speak to me today. Lord, I want you to speak into my heart. Lord, I want you to change my mind. Help me to grow in you. Lord Jesus, we love you. Amen. So, um, we just came back from the ramp not too long ago. And while we were up there, I, I heard a, a really interesting word. This, this guy was talking about Little Mermaid, right? And, and it, was, it was like a message for the girls or whatever. And, and he, he was talking about how, how Ariel had been given this, this gift. And the gift that Ariel had was a voice. But, but she devalued her gift. That, oh, send the kids out. That's right. Let's send the kids out. That's a little thing. I knew I was going to forget that. Anyways, Ariel was given this gift, and, and she had devalued the gift, and she traded it to Ursula for something normal. She traded her, her gift for, for a pair of legs for something normal to, to look like everybody else. And that spoke directly to my heart with just the, the struggles with using the gift that God has given me, the, the struggles that... That we face when using the gift that God gives us to step out, to, to walk in that, to, to live in that. And, and you know, in, in The Little Mermaid, Ariel's friend helped to restore her. They, 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 went, against, they went against Ursula, that's her name, right? And Ariel's friend helped to restore her. And that's a, that's a perfect picture of the church coming together to help one another. That when we mess up, our, our friends will be there to help us out. Our brothers and sisters should be there to help us out and and not beat us down but help us in, in, in a, a mind of, of reconciliation and redemption and love and it's it's in this this life you know, Joel said this morning when I was telling him about the message he said the journey is the destination and, and that's basically that's what the message is today that, that we are all we're all in this place called time we are travelers in this place called time and during this time, we learn how to live. We learn how to use our gifts. You know, before I got saved, I was like a, um, a wandering gypsy. I was just going from place to place and from couch to couch and from destination to destination, always seeking the next place, the next destination, never finding any fulfillment and just missing out on the journey. The whole time, I, I just wanted that, that next place, that next goal to be achieved, that next thing to, to be fulfilled. And, and even as I would reach one destination. I couldn't wait to get to the next destination. As I, I reached that destination, it was about the next destination. And all my life, I grew up in Fairhope, and, you know, I thought all Alabama was like Fairhope when I was a teenager, and I was just, I was really wrong. And um, I wanted to go out west, you know. And so we made a trip, and we went out west. And when I got to San Diego, I had this plan that I was going to run and jump in the ocean. It was like I just couldn't wait for this destination to be fulfilled. And we got there, and I looked at the ocean, and I was like, it's just the same as the rest of them. It's just another place. And, and I realized that, that life, life is about the journey, that we experience life in the waiting, in the, in the refining of ourselves. This is where we grow, in the waiting. It's not, 
the goal that makes us grow. It's not the mountaintop that makes us grow. It's the journey through these valleys, the, the trudges through the muck. It's, it's when we're pulling together and learning how to do relationships. It's when we learn how to use our gifts. This is the place where we learn how to love. You know, being married or in a relationship and your spouse is mad at you. You know what I mean? And you're not real sure why. There's nothing I can do to make it better. Even if you're not married, maybe a, a parent or a sibling or a friend. And, and I just want this thing to be resolved. I don't, wanna, I don't want this anger, this, this conflict here anymore. But in the waiting, we're learning how to love. We're learning how to carry ourselves in love. We're learning how not to lash out in the waiting. It's about the journey. The journey is the destination. Thank you, Joel. That's just amazing. It's in this journey called time is where, where we exist. We're all, we're all travelers. We're all, we're all time travelers. It, it, on, on the trip up to the ramp, we were talking about, I don't even know how we got onto it, but Stone said, any travel's time travel. And it is. Man, we're traveling through time right now. I know that's kind of wild thought. But, ew, man. but, but we are. We, we are. We are here in time, and we were given this, this one moment in time continuously. And God's infinite reaches down to us in that. God's infinite eternity and in, in all that he is reaches down to us right now. It's right now that we can connect with God, that we can enjoy God, that we can love God, we can live with God. And we're all in this place of waiting. If we're believers, we're, we're waiting between the old life ruled by sin and the new life, the, the, the life of eternity with God, forever with God. And we're waiting. And, and the message is uh, waiting between Ai and Bethel. A, Ai is, is translated a, a trash heap. And it, it's, it's a picture of Israel messing up due to sin. And, and they were defeated because there was sin in their camp. And so we're, we're all waiting in this place between that and moving to here with God and perfection where he's bringing us to. And we've all dealt with sin. We've all had sin reign in our lives. I mean reign in our lives. And now that we are in Christ, we are no longer slaves to sin. We are slaves to righteousness. But some of us right now have some sin. I mean some dark sin. Just festering inside. And it's got us chained down. It's got us chained down like to the bottom of the ocean where we're drowning and we're suffocating. And we can't get out because we've got this thing inside of us that we're so ashamed of. And I, and I want to urge you, if you've got something in you like that, confess it. Find somebody you trust. Find somebody you trust right now and confess it. It's a safe place. This is the church. This is the body of Christ. We are the church. This is a place of healing. This is a place of, of reconciliation, of hope, of love, of faith. And it takes confession of those sins to find healing. And I promise you, I promise you, when you confess those deepest, darkest things that you say, nobody else has ever done anything like this. Nobody can love me if they know that I've done this. Nobody will accept me if they know that I've done this. If, if you confess that, you will be free. They will take you to a whole new level of freedom. And it's possible to have freedom from that darkness and shame. To move from that trash heap and be waiting between Ai and Bethel. Right now is the time to find healing and become slaves to righteousness. We're trapped in this body of flesh. It's a tent where we groan to cry out and we're going to fall short. We're going to sin and that's okay. We need to identify it, confess it, and move forward. 
We are sojourners in this place called time. We're, we're travelers. You know, God said to Moses, Moses said, well, who am I going to say just sent me? He said, say, the, say I am sent you. He didn't say, say later on sent you or, or, or just a little while ago. He said, I am. And, and this is a, a picture of, of when God is. He, is. he is the I am, the great I am. He is right now with us. Right now in us. Right now wanting us to, to rely on Him, to trust Him, to grow in Him, to wait on Him. And in that waiting, to, to grow more on Him. But, and here's a big stinky but. We, we don't do well waiting here on earth, do we? We, we really don't do waiting, well waiting in the American culture. We are goal-oriented people. We want results. We want them now. We want them yesterday. And if you are not coming with the results, then you're in the way. That's the, that's the American culture, the business mind. We're a people of instantaneous results, which has resulted in a, a great and thriving economic machine that's, that's blessed a lot of the world and has brought, brought wealth and prosperity. And, and even other cultures will often hire Americans to come in and, and help. Say, so what are we doing here? Is it, well, you're, you're prioritizing relationships over money. These other cultures with the communal type of cultures, they prioritize relationships over destination goals and money. Which in the kingdom of God, that's the right mindset to have. But in the business world, in the, in the world, it's all about money and growth and wealth and prosperity. So, as we can see, these results don't come without a cost. The cost is often high levels of stress and mania while driving on the highways, waiting on the phone, waiting in line, waiting for the roller coaster ride, waiting for the people in front of us to speed up or get the heck out of the way, waiting for that double yellow line to turn into a single dotted line. It's not a bad thing to set goals. It's not a bad thing to know destinations and direction. It's a good thing to know these things. It's a good thing to have these things. But if it's all about that, then life in between is just completely missed out. It's unfulfilled. Life for a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, is intended to enjoy God. To delight in God. To enjoy, to know Him. To really know Him. You know one of the biggest places we do this in the church? Is when we come in and... and we just can't wait to get out. When we come in for worship and we can't wait to get done. But, but we're, we're intended to enjoy God, to magnify God, to come together and, and learn to love His, His presence. To, to know His presence, to sense Him, to know how it feels to be near to Him. You, you guys know how it feels to be close to somebody you love. You know, just really close to somebody you love. To, to know... How they smell, what they like. This is this is what life is intended to be like for us. Uh, Ecclesiastes five one through three, and this is just kind of a, an aside. It says, "Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Better to draw near in obedience than to offer the sacrifice as fools do, for they ignorantly do wrong. Do not be hasty to speak." And do not be impulsive to make a speech before God, for God is on heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few, for dreams result from much work and a fool's voice from many words. Come in. Come into the presence of the Lord. Wait on Him. Listen. Hear Him. Know Him. Seek to obey Him. 
What is it? What is it you'll have me do, Lord? What is it? What is it you want from me? So, I've got a couple of illustrations here of um, what we do while we're waiting in the world, and we lived it this morning. We, we were on the way up. You're gonna be right on time. Everybody was on on time, right on time. It was a miracle. And we were going to get here right at 9.30, and we had the prayer tunnel up front, and uh, there's a, a bicyclist stopped ch- chasing a puppy in the road, and cars stopped on both sides, and we lived it. You know, we're living it. It's like, well, I could, like, part of me wants to be like, come on, what are you doing? You know, to just, just grab the dog and take him over, or let him go, or something. You know, p- part of us wants to do that. But, but that's, that's stepping out of, of, of faith in God, of trusting God with the outcome. Do you realize that? Uh, let's say we get ready and, and we're going somewhere. We've got a, a job appointment where people are counting on us in our culture to, to not only be on time but to be five minutes early. Because that's on time here in America. If you're five minutes early, you're on time. If you're one minute late, then you're just no good. That's, that's the way we think. That's, that's the way we operate. And, and we get behind somebody, and they're going 35 and a 55. What is what is wrong with this person? Don't they see? Don't they see that? Yeah, I'm gonna flash my lights because that's a little. That's not aggressive. I'm just gonna flash them. Maybe if I turn my hazards on, they'll think I'm in a hurry. They'll think somebody's hurt in my car, and they'll they'll pull over or something. Now they're not doing anything. I'm gonna honk my horn and fine. I'm just gonna pass them on this double yellow line. And, oh, there's a car coming and. We finally make it and we're still alive and we say, I'm never going to do that again until the next person is in front of us doing 35 and a 55. I mean, it's crazy how we get. We, we step out of faith in God to say, I'm doing the best I can to arrive and not offend people to operate in the culture I live in. I'm doing the best I can. And if I'm going to be late, it's just in God's hands. God has a plan. God has a purpose. We can trust him with these little things. Uh, another illustration is um, we go out to eat somewhere. We go out to eat, and the server gets the food wrong. Right? I say, okay, it's cool. It's cool. It's Sunday. I'm the, I got my church clothes on. I'm going to act real cool. Ma'am, this steak is undercooked. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take it back. They bring it back again. It's overcooked. Oh, and so, so you know, we, we get it back again, but then the slander starts. The server just can't get it right. What's wrong with this person? We step directly out of the peace of God, the love of God, and we step into our flesh. And we start getting angry. We start getting offensive. And we start giving a picture of a Christian that's not really the picture of Christ. And, and, and we don't need to do that. Faith. Trust God. Let God work these things out. While we were waiting in this place called time, going from one destination to the next and trying to enjoy the process, we're going to go through a multitude of different emotions and feelings, excitement, depression, encouragement, discouragement, like we're never going to make it. No, we're not ever going to make it. I'll be there tomorrow. We're almost there. Oh, we made it. Let's do it all again. You know, we go through this this circle of of emotions and feelings. So, I think there's one place in the Word where God wants to talk about this. Um, It's in the book of Joshua, Joshua 8, 1 through 9. 
You can go ahead and be turned there. The context of this, of this scripture is Israel is told to go in and take the promised land by the lead of Joshua. They go in, they, they, they take Jericho, and one of the people, Aachen, Aiken, however you say it, wherever you're from, I'm from Alabama, it, it, he keeps something in his tent. And so there's sin in the camp of Israel. And, you know, as we read the scripture, they sent 5,000 people. Israel's this huge army. They sent 5,000 people. So it must have been kind of a measly place, AI. And um, they go up and they failed. They were defeated. So now they're discouraged. They're, they're, they're full of shame. They're wondering if I can ever get it right. I've failed. I've messed up. Can I get it right? Am I just going to always be trapped in this, this place of sin? So let's read the scripture. <clears throat> the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid or discouraged. Take the whole military force with you and go and attack Ai. Look, I have handed over to you the king of Ai, his people, and the land. I'm, I've done it. God's saying, I have done it. Don't be worried. Treat Ai and its king as you did Jericho and its king. You may plunder its spoil and livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city. It's going to look different. Jericho looked real different. This is going to look even a little bit more different. So Joshua and the whole military force set out to attack Ai. Joshua selected 30,000 fighting men and sent them out at night. He commanded them, pay attention, watch. Lie in ambush behind the city, not too far from it. And all of you will be ready. <coughs> then I and all the people who are with me will approach the city. When they come out against us as they did the first time, we will flee from them. They will come after us and we will have drawn them away from the city. And they'll say, look, they're fleeing. They're fleeing from us. They're running us before. And, and while, while, they're fleeing, while we are fleeing from them, you are to come out of your ambush and seize the city. For the Lord your God has handed it over to you. After taking the city, set it on fire. Follow the Lord's command. See that you do as I have ordered you. So Joshua sent them out, and they went to the ambush site and waited between Bethel and Ai, to the west of Ai. But he spent that night with the troops. All right, there are a few things, um, biblical principles in this that we're going to address. The first point, I think you've all got those little papers, as long as you haven't made an airplane out of them. Um, the first point is God and identified the feelings that were inhibiting Joshua and the people of God. So when stuff happens, we get up in our feels, right? We, we, we get in our feelings. We let our feelings motivate us. We let our feelings drive us. Faith is, is not so much prominent. And, and God, God will identify this. He says, don't be afraid or discouraged. He, he's showing you the issue. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Don't be afraid if, if there is um, past sin in your life. Don't be afraid if there is some sin that you can't think of that you haven't confessed. If it's not heavy on your heart and a burden, then you know, don't worry about it. Don't be so afraid. It says, don't be discouraged that this sin has happened. We're going to kind of move fast through these points. <clears throat> the second point is, God comforted and encouraged them. God comforted and encouraged. God didn't take the time to point out all of their past failures. God didn't take the time to rerun this junk they've been through and scold them and say, 
you did this and you did this and you're going to do this now, but you did this and you did that. That's, that's what Satan does a lot of times. He, he makes us to accuse ourselves, to, to rerun these past failures and not only of ours, uh, failures of others. These are these tapes we run in our head over and over and playing them over and over again, these tapes. We're afraid that, that we're going to fail again and we'll let everybody down or that, that they're going to fail and they're going to hurt us. And, and, and what God does is he comforts and encourages. He says, no, no, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I've got something else, which moves us to our next point. God gave a direct command. God didn't rest on that. He, he, he said, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Here's what you do. Excuse me. So they had a direction. They had a goal to obtain, and this goal was, was the promised land. While they were waiting, God gave the direct command. So, so in this time, what we do is we seek God. We, we learn to hear His voice. We learn to obey His command. And how we do that, we have quiet times and get in the Word. I personally need quiet time. I need to spend time with God. I am desperately in need of Him to pour into my life and to fill my life. I need that. I think that we can all obtain much more victory in our walk with Christ if we set aside those times to sit with Him. You cannot rely on a preacher. You can't rely on a podcast to feed you the Word of God. We, we have to be a people who seeks God, gets in the Word, learns Him, learns His principles and His truth. You know, that truth that removes the lies, that, that deals with, with our own failed reason. First, fourth point. God is all about blessing our obedience, even directly after turning back to Him from sin and failure. I mean... A lot of us, myself, I think I just messed up. I, I, I've duped it. I'm never going to be able to attain that purpose that God has for my life since I've messed up. I'm done. I, I've messed up too bad this time. But we get a picture here of, of God saying, here's the sin. He points the sin out. Deal with it. Here's the issues that are holding you back. Here's what you do. And then he says, you're going to take all the spoil this time. I want to bless you. I want to bless your obedience. I want you to be blessed. I want people to see how good I am. And, and, and we're, once we're forgiven, we are completely and totally washed clean. You know, the prodigal son is a perfect picture. He, he fell into sin. He went and spent his whole life's inheritance, wound up in a pig slop. And when he came back to his father, he was clothed. He was given a ring. He was adorned with jewelry. He was fed. God wants to, to bless our obedience. The fifth point. Sometime the plan will look unorthodox. I mean, just look at, just look at Israel moving into Jericho. They walked around this city seven times and the walls fell. They come here and God says, okay, now you're going to set up an ambush. It's going to look different. 
It's going to look different. We don't need to look for the same thing over and over again. I, I remember, I think it's in the book of Kings, Second Kings, when David goes up and they say, well, no, you're not going to do it this time again. You're going to come around the back and you're going to ambush him. It's going to look different. A lot of times God's plans will break tradition, the things that we are used to, the things that we want to do and we want to see happen all the time. God's going to, going to break that. I mean, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. He came in and he kept the feasts and all that, but he was like completely outside of this box. He broke the traditions in it and it made people mad. Even Paul, you know, he was taking it to the Gentiles and it was different, but God was doing a new thing here. A lot of times when God wants to do this in us, People are going to get upset. It's going to be different. It's going to cause some turmoil on the inside. It's going to cause a little bit of frustration. People are going to get offended, but we cannot let our codependency stop us. And at the same time, we don't need to have a mind and a heart that sets out to offend people. Proverbs eighteen nineteen says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. We don't want to offend our brothers and sisters, but we want to obey God. We want to seek God. We want to seek his call on our life. And we want unity. We want reconciliation. That's God's heart. God give us this, gave us this ministry of reconciliation. But in, our, in our arrogance, in our hastiness, we can get a little puffed up and we can rush in and people get hurt. Wait on God. It's going to look different. You know... I was looking at the trees. I was given a painting the other day of these trees, and and just I've been thinking about that and looking at creation, and it's all it's all different. You know, these trees don't look the same. They all look different. All these things that God created looks different, but we create these things that look exactly the same. The houses in a neighborhood exactly the same, exactly the same. The cars exactly the same, exactly the same. We create all these things that look exactly the same, and we call that order. But you look at creation and it's all different. And it's beautiful, it's magnificent, and God is doing something special with that. He wants something different. God is about new things, making things new, making things look different, breaking old mindsets and traditions and moving us forward together as one body in Christ. Sometimes it's going to look unorthodox. Are you all ready for that? Make it look a little different. Might look a little different. Might look like John the Baptist with dreadlocks, wearing camel hair, eating locusts and honey. Uh, by the way, locusts are not bugs. I thought they were for a long time as a kind of fruit. So thank God we don't have to go out and eat bugs to look different. Some of us might, depending on where we're going on missions at. <laughs> we cannot let these things stop us from obeying God. The sixth point, there are levels of authority. This is very important. There are levels of authority. Now, in Joshua's day, God spoke to Joshua. In Joshua's day, God spoke to the Levitical priests, and they had to go and consult the Uman and the Thuman, this thing of gems on the priest's chest, and, and that's how they found out from God. But today, we are all a royal priesthood. That does not negate the fact that there are lines of authority in the church. There are elders. There, there are places of authority. There are apostles, a prophet. There, there are these callings in the church. There are these placements. And First Peter 5, 1 through 7 gives us a, a lot of good points here. It says, elders freely, not for money, but eagerly, not lording it over, but be examples 
this is how you are to lead. This is how we are to lead. And younger, be subject to the elders. Honor, appreciation, recognition. There are lines of authority. The, God gave the command to Joshua. Joshua gave the command to Israel. We need to respect these lines of authority. We need to seek God in prayer. And at the same time, there, there are positions like Paul stepping out. And, 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 and there were a lot of people that were against that. He was seeking God to obey God. Paul, uh, Peter and John locked up and he said, no, you don't, you don't need to preach this Jesus. And he said, well, we need to obey God, not man. But we need to seek to give honor and appreciation to these authorities, even the authorities in the government, whatever they are. Give honor. S- stop slandering people. Honor. Honor. Come together. For the good of God and of mankind, for the kingdom of God. It does not bring God glory when we go out and slander somebody else. Say, well, God wouldn't do it this way. You're just a... That does not bring God glory. It doesn't. It just doesn't. It brings God glory when we speak the truth. We stand for the truth. Season with grace. I appreciate you. I, I honor what you're doing here. I, I'm thankful that you're willing to make a stand for what you believe in. This is the truth I feel like we should stand for. This is, this is what I stand for. Life. Freedom from oppression. There are good things. Point seven. Sometimes it will seem like our Savior is far from us. It, Joshua means Yahweh is Savior. Jesus is Savior, Yeshua. And in this verse, this little packet of Scripture, Joshua placed these people. He said, go here between Ai and Bethel, Bethel and Ai, and wait. And I'm going to go over here. We're going to have periods of time during the waiting when it's going to seem like God is very far away from us. But he said, Watch. Watch and wait. Trust that God is doing this. Trust that God is working these things out. These, these dreams that he's put in our heart. These destination, these goals. Trust that, that God is going to work them out. Because if you jump the gun and you run out of this ambush, you're going to die. You're going you're gonna to get hurt and everybody else there is going to get hurt. But wait, watch. Even if you don't feel close. Even if we don't feel close to Jesus, I, more than anything in my life, I want to feel close to God all the time. More than anything, I just want to be right up. And I'm just bawling, weeping, oh, look, God, I just love you. I would just go to work and do everything like that if I could. Just so close to God and, and just wrapped up in his arms. But there's sometimes that he's going to feel far away. And we, we learn by faith that he's still there. He's still working things out. He still loves us. Sometimes he'll speak in different ways. Sometimes I won't get that warm, fuzzy feeling that he gives me or or, or that urging from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I'll see a a dove fly and I'm like, that's God for me. You know, after I got hit on my motorcycle, every time I get on my bike, I didn't want to quit riding. I thought I thought about it, but I was like, I don't want to do that. And I'd ride and I'd be so afraid that, that somebody was going to hit me and a dove would fly like right by me, like right there with me. And I'm like, God, is that you? Yeah, that's another thing I heard in the ramp. God speaks Charlie. God speaks John. God speaks Joel. God speaks Christopher. God, God speaks Jeremy. God speaks Stone. God speaks our language. 
God knows how to reach us where we're at. We, we've got to look. We've got to listen. We've got to trust him because God does speak our language. Point number eight. In the waiting, he deals with our junk. He says, go and, go and wait between Ai and Bethel. This is, the word Ai is translated the trash heap. And for, for spiritual application, we're just going to say everyone who is a believer is waiting between that old place of sin and Bethel, which is the house of God, where, where Jacob set up the rock. He said, I, I see that the angels ascending up and down from heaven. Bethel, the house of God. In the waiting, in this place between then and, and heaven, eternity with God, where we're meant to exist at in time, this one moment, he's dealing with our junk. And we got some junk, don't we? Y'all got some junk? I got some junk. I got lots of junk. Yeah. He, he deals with our fear. He deals with our frustration. He deals with our irritation. Hey, man, won't you just speed up? He deals with our anger. He deals with regret. If I would have just done this. If I would have just done this, things would be different. If this would have happened, things would be better. If I would have done this, I wouldn't have lost that person I loved. He deals with our regret. He deals with our shame. He deals with the way we try to cover our shame with pride. He deals with our junk. He deals with our self-pity and our morass that we get stuck in to say, I ain't never getting out. I'm just so discouraged. I'm never getting out. He'll send us people to encourage us. He will send people into your path to say, I love you. Be encouraged. You're not alone. You're not alone. God knows how you feel. God wants God wants to know you more. God wants you to know him more. He wants to deal with your junk and the the journey which is our destination. Psalm 41 through 3 says, I waited patiently to the, for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. This is where we're sanctified in the waiting. This is where we're made new. This is where we are refined. This is where lies are removed and the truth is implanted. Do you realize that we all operate, our reason operates on this web of things that we believe to be truth? All of us. The things we think, the things we run through, the things we process through our mind operates on this web that we consider truth. But do you know that there are lies in there? There are lies in there masquerading as truth. We believe them to be truth. God wants to deal with us. That's why we have to rely so much on faith, what God is doing, because our reason is flawed due due to the fallen state of mankind, that we have lies in our web of reason. But God wants to remove that and put truth in. God wants us to get in the word to learn that. His word is the truth. We are sanctified by the truth. Get into his word. Read his word. We have got to read his word. We have got to pray. We have got to seek him. Because if we just operate on our own reason that is, that is built on truths and lies together, then, then we're just going to be jacked up. I mean, we all are jacked up anyways, but God wants to deal with this stuff. This is where we are made ready for the rest of the journey. You know, a lot of times God will put this thing in, in our heart. I, I want you to do this. This is, this is what you want, need to work toward. And so we're like, all right, 
I'm just going to jump off in that. You know what I mean? Right? I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go do that. But God's saying, no, you've, you've got some stuff to walk through. I want your mind to be set towards this, but you've got some stuff to walk through. You've got some stuff that I need to deal with in you. You've got some chastising because I love you. That's a good thing. You've got some correction because I love you. You've got some loving and encouraging and some softening to do because I love you. I want to refine you, renew you, turn you into this new creature. More like me. More like me. This is a little bit off, but did you know that people glow? That we put, we emanate a light. Uh, Caroline had, had a game that, that we actually put off a light, which is very interesting because he is the light. We're created in his image. I just thought that was really cool. All right. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait on the Lord. The, the, word, the Hebrew word for wait is kavah. It gives this picture of, of a rope twisting together. And when I first read that, I said, what in the world does that even mean? Why is waiting have to do with a rope being twisted together? But when you're twisting it together, you're making something. You're, you're binding together. You're binding together. And this is what we do when we wait on the Lord, when we hope on the Lord, when we expect from the Lord. He will strengthen our heart. We'll hold fast to him. This is the word picture of all this is, is bind to him. Hold fast to him as he strengthens our heart. Yes, wait on the Lord. A lot of us say that, that I don't have time. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to meditate and contemplate and think towards God throughout the day because I've got all this other stuff going on, and that's not good enough. I'm just going to tell you right now, that is not a good enough reason. We can rely completely on faith in God and think towards Him. Seek His face daily, moment by moment, right now where we're at. Another thing that, that I just love to pound in there is, God, who, who should I be discipling? What, what person should I be disciple-making? Who should I be discipled by? There, there are things that we do, but we've got to seek God. I, this, is, this is a little bit different from, from the message, but, but we've all got to be making disciples. We have all got to be. Jesus' command, Matthew 28, 19, 18, 19, and 20, it says, go forth and make disciples. A lot of times we say, well, that's the great commission to go and bring the gospel to all the nations. But the command is make disciples. Make disciples. Be discipled. Make disciples. Be discipled. Make disciples. In this waiting, in the journey, it takes time. It takes a lot of time to pour into another man or another woman over a period of time. It takes us setting aside things and just trusting God with our finances. It takes us knowing what is important in life. While we wait on God. That's something that, that came to me this morning while we were praying. What's important? Is it, a, is it a big bank account? Is it a nice car? Or is it God? Is it family? Is it pouring into other believers that will build them up so they can go into pour into other believers and build them up? So they can go into pour into other believers and build them up so people can be set free of the bondage of sin and death. Can be set free of... The inability to resolve conflicts in relationships. And our, our final verse here is Psalm 27, 13 through 14. It says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God. 
I don't know about you guys, but I get discouraged. I get discouraged by the state of the world. I get discouraged by things that are going on here and there. And unless I believe that I will see the goodness of God, I'll despair. I'll just, I'll just quit. I will just quit. I don't know how many times I have quit in my mind. I told God I'm quitting. And he says, no, you're not. No, you're not. you got something to do. What else are you going to do? What's the use? Well, I quit. Just keep on. So we wait on the Lord. We learn to love Him. We learn to love others. He deals with our junk in the waiting. This is the place where we, where we live, where we thrive. We learn to feel God, to sense His presence. We learn to deal when we cannot feel God, when we don't see Him around. We learn to live on faith. We have to deal with our sin. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so very much. You are just the, the kindest person that we have ever known. The things that you've done for us, the things that you do for us. Lord, again, we ask, speak into our hearts. Speak into our lives. Speak into our minds, Lord God. Give us direction. Help us to know you during the waiting, during the journey. We want to know you more. We want to know you more, Lord God. Hi. Thanks so much for taking time to tune in and listen to the message today through Freedom Online. Uh, We would love the opportunity to meet you personally anytime that you're in our area. But if today you heard something that really connected or that maybe you've got questions about, you'd like to talk with somebody or have someone pray with you, we'd love to hear back from you. You can reach us in a couple of different ways. You'll find on the website a contacts link. You can contact me or any member of our leadership directly, or you can call us at the number that you see on the website or at the bottom of the screen now. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope that you have a great week.